Do vegans live longer than non-vegans? That's what we're going to be pondering on today's episode of The Vegan Pod. And thank you for joining us once again. I'm your host, Francine Jordan, the media and PR officer for The Vegan Society. And every month I'm joined by different guests to discuss the latest vegan news stories and debate those top issues. Today, I'm excited to say we're going to be looking at health and wellness and in particular, the benefits of veganism for older people. Of course, we always want to hear from you too. So make sure you're following us on social media or you can always email any comments and questions to podcast at vegansociety.com. For today's episode, I don't think I could be joined by two better guests. Uh, Harpreet Sohal, registered dietitian specialising in plant-based nutrition at City Dietitians in London. And Jane Thurnall-Reed, weight loss and healthy ageing writer and weightlifter. (laughs) A big thank you to you both for agreeing to come on to discuss this important issue. And we're going to come on to the weightlifting uh, story a little bit later on. Uh, we always start with the uh, the same question. Um, Harpreet, we'll start with you. Can you kind of briefly explain your journey to, to veganism? When did you go vegan and why? Sure. Um, so I um, was raised in a Sikh vegetarian household. So um, within Sikhism, some, some people kind of follow religious dietary kind of rules, I guess, a bit more strictly than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so happened that I was raised in a vegetarian household, so we didn't have any eggs um, or any fish either, but we did eat dairy. Um, and then once I got to university, I became a bit more aware of the animal welfare side of things in terms of the exploitation involved in dairy production. But that was the main reason for me to decide to follow a vegan diet. Um, I didn't have a huge amount of nutrition knowledge at the time. So that's kind of grown through my studies and my career. Amazing. I think you're maybe the third or fourth person that's talked about, you know, when you get to university, that's when you start to kind of question things and Mm -hmm. become a bit more independent. So it's interesting that we all, because that was similar to me. So it's funny that you get to that age and you kind of start to become your own person. Um, Mm -hmm. Jane, similar story or what what was your journey no I actually first I first became vegetarian when I was 12 um, and I I didn't know the name even I just (laughs) knew that I didn't want to eat any animals and um and I got ill because my mum decided I was just being a fussy eater so she gave me an extra helping of potatoes to replace the the meat. Uh, The doctor came round. My mum said she's not eating meat. And the doctor was like, oh, well, no wonder she's ill. So I went back to eating eating meat reluctantly. Then in my 20s, I became vegetarian. And so I was vegetarian for mm, 40-odd years, ignoring ignoring all the stuff about dairy and... uh, and eggs and things. And then I became vegan in 2015. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. 40 years. Yeah. Because it's funny that people still think it's a, even vegetarianism, people still think it's like this new thing. You know, we get asked quite a lot, like, oh, it's a fad, it's a phase. And I mean, yeah. the vegan society has been going since 1944. So there's enough evidence out there to suggest it's very much not a fad. But um, it's always nice to hear from someone that's been in it for for a, a long time Harper you talked about you know when you first went vegan you didn't really know about the nutrition side of things that's obviously changed you're now very much um, knowledgeable in that area what are some of the health benefits that people kind of tend to experience when switching to a vegan diet like I know the, the ones we hear about the most really are kind of lower cholesterol and things like type 2 diabetes mm. but are there others and 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 is it actually true that it's a, a healthier diet 
Yeah, so so from the studies that are available, which aren't huge uh, in term, in numbers at the moment, but mm-hmm. they have shown that kind of plant-based diets um, and vegan diets are associated with lower risks of, like you mentioned, high blood pressure, low risks of getting things like high cholesterol, uh, type 2 diabetes, and then that all kind of fits into reducing your risk of getting heart disease, a low risk of developing cancer associated with plant-based diets. Um, and more recently, the kind of gut health area um, research um, in terms of the science has really exploded. So that's a growing area where they've shown that there are many be- benefits of eating more plants um, in terms of increasing the diversity of your gut bacteria. And then that also benefits things like your immune system, your heart health and your brain health. So there's lots of different areas there where where they've been shown to have kind of associations. And I would say that it's it's hard to kind of classify what is the healthiest <laughs> diet or, you know, if one's healthier than the other so Mm -hmm. I would say that you know you can gain these benefits from just eating more plants essentially you don't necessarily have to be a fully fledged vegan to start seeing the benefits you know reaping the benefits of making these changes so um yeah it's kind of it should be accessible to everybody I feel. Do you find that people come to you for advice or even because I know you've got an Instagram following is it that people come to you once they've already become ill or or are feeling sick or or is it actually that quite a lot of people are just interested in veganism in general and then see the benefits once they make the switch or is it kind of a mix of both it's a bit of a mixture um I would say it's more often than not people who've uh decided already to follow a vegan diet um Mm. say for six months a year two years and they've started noticing maybe they're not feeling as well all the time or I don't know things like hair loss fatigue um, or they just want to make sure that they're eating you know a balanced diet and they're getting all the nutrition that they need so on the flip side of all the benefits like I mentioned earlier there is obviously the other side which is you can be at high risk of you know getting nutritional deficiencies if you don't really have that knowledge of what you need and where you can get it from in terms of your food and mm-hmm. nutrients so yeah it's it's a mixture of people I'd say do you think um that could potentially put off older people making the switch later in life because they've kind of got an idea of of well I'm, I'm using my I'm thinking of my mum when I say this but mm. she's kind of got an idea of you know what she was brought up on and how what, where she gets her um, nutrients from and things like that do you think the idea of kind of having to relearn things might put older people off making the switch yeah potentially I mean obviously I can't speak for everybody but it's it, when you know with time people develop habits and it's whether you know you're willing to maybe try something a bit different or like you're saying you're just not sure of where you get those nutrients from if you were to say cut out the you know dairy and meat mm. um, so um, it's it's doable it's definitely doable you can definitely have a you know healthy diet and lifestyle following a vegan diet at any age um but I guess it's just how confident people are and how aware they are of where those nutrients can come from Mm. Jane um what are your what do you think kind of are the main flaws of a modern diet and do you think there's actually still a lot of misinformation out there like I still see you know I grew up kind of in the 90s and my sister did slim fast and all those weight loss programs like every single one you can imagine um and it's funny to me that I still see those kind of quick fixes and you know weight loss promises being advertised so what what would you say kind of the main flaws of a modern diet well I think it's um people have too much sugar too much um high fat foods people tend to concentrate only on 
do I what do I like this? Will I enjoy it? And mm. don't actually consider what that's doing to my body. And I think a lot of people think, oh, being vegan is is difficult. It's going to be, um, you know, the food will be horrible and things like that. Um, so when I talk to people, I always say to them, you know, just start adding more vegetables to your diet. You know, how, how many different meals do you actually cook? And most people maybe do five or six different meals. You know, they make a bolognese, they make a pie, they buy something from a supermarket for another night and so on. And I say, okay, so if you do a bolognese, you can actually find lots and lots of plant-based you know, recipes for a, for a bolognese using lentils and th- or, um, you know, TBP, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So what you're just looking for is, okay, I do, I, we normally make these five recipes. What would be the plant-based equivalent? And you don't do them all at once. You just start by introducing one every week, every month and go slowly. But I think, mm-hmm. I think for older people, I mean, a lot of it is absolutely about habit. There's also when when I was at school, we had we were given a third of a pint of milk every day. Um, and there was this huge thing about how you needed cow's milk for health. And it was important that school children were healthy. So we would give them a third of a bottle of uh, third of a pint of, of milk every day. And so I grew up, I grew up with that brainwashing, which <laughs> is essentially what it is. I can totally understand that because, you know, that's the equivalent of someone coming to me and saying, you know, you shouldn't be vegan. And so, so I would find it really hard to change because my mind's kind of made up. So I can see why there is that, that struggle for people to to see the benefits. But, yeah, it's 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 nice when someone's open minded enough to at least kind of give it a try um, yeah. and, and be open minded in terms of kind of your work. Do you what kind of age group do you find you talk to about these kinds of things is it older people or is it a mix again well I mean in the Instagram space I try to I may I mainly attract older people and a lot of them come to look at my gym videos of me doing things in the gym but I sneak in pictures of vegan (laughs) salads and things like that so so I try to do it a bit by stealth. I used to be a bit in your uh, 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 an in your face vegetarian and vegan, you know, why are you not vegetarian? Why are you not vegan? And I've learned that that actually doesn't work. You need to be a bit more subtle about it. And so like my new book on weight loss, I mean that's doesn't say anywhere on the cover or the description that it's advocating a plant-based diet as part of that. Because again, you know, it put People tend to have this preconceived views about vegans and plant-based and all that sort of stuff. So we have to gently, gently to get to the point where they are, people are prepared to look at it. And, and as you say, you know, I mean, if somebody came along and said to me about, you know, I'm vegan and, and it would be quite hard now to, I think really hard now to change my mind. And, mm. you know, that's what you're saying as well. So I think we have to have some sympathy with people who don't naturally want to be vegan. Yeah, and because uh, you kind of mentioned it then, you know, there are different um, kind of styles of getting people to go vegan. But I, I'm a bit more like you. I kind of let the results speak for themselves. Yeah. And I kind of talk about the health benefits I've personally experienced because someone can't argue with that. You know, I sleep so much better. I really noticed a big improvement in my skin. Um, I stopped getting colds. I used to get every single cold. If someone in an office had a cold, I just knew 
in the next couple of days I would I would have that cold and I just don't have that um anymore so I kind of let like that speak for itself but what are some of the health benefits you've kind of both personally experienced since going vegan and Jane if we start with you I mean, I was already fairly healthy because I was on a sort of whole food vegetarian diet and I didn't eat a huge amount of cheese or eggs. But since I've become vegan, I feel my stamina and my um, just, yeah, stamina is a lot better. My skin uh, looks better still. Um, You know, it's, yeah, Um, it's generally just a a step up in the benefits Mm. I know from from a vegetarian diet going to vegan was a sort of step up on all those good things that it gives you mm. Harpy, I guess it's similar for you because you didn't you didn't eat meat in the first place but is there anything in particular that kind of stands out as you know a change a positive change yeah and I, it's it's a very similar actually to what you um Jane said I actually um being totally honest haven't really noticed the huge differences um because mm. for me it was more about learning about the nutrition which was the biggest change um, I felt like I really didn't know much about what you know what's important what isn't and all, especially when it comes to nutrients like vitamins and minerals as well on like a smaller level mm. um, but yeah I wouldn't say that I noticed anything drastic because maybe that's probably because I was already already you know mm-hmm. close enough to being vegan because we were only just eating dairy so yeah nothing huge but but still a lot of learning along the way. I should yeah I should actually put a disclaimer in at this point that when I wasn't vegan I was living off McDonald's and drinking a lot of alcohol so <laughs> there's also that side of things um, that I definitely should be should be honest about kind of in your role as both an NHS and private dietitian what is the current state of play with our with our health and wellness because I know the obesity crisis is kind of the one that definitely makes the the headlines in in the papers and things like that but have you seen any particular trends over the last couple of years I think my line of work is probably a bit different to what you see in general public in the sense that um the the people I see are in hospital because they're sick because they need some form of uh cancer surgery or spinal surgery or kind of spinal injury um rehab so Yes, of course, you see a range of people in terms of um, the demographic um, of of patients. But I would say specifically kind of COVID related, I think most people can probably relate in the sense of when we were in the midst of, you know, having to work from home, people had, say, less of a routine, for example, Mm. at the beginning, you know, maybe less physical activity or movement, just generally in the daytime, you know, even though your commute to work, sometimes people were, if you're totally working from home, you don't even have that that bit of movement in the day um maybe less social interaction as well increased anxiety stress worries um so those can all affect your kind of eating habits and food choices and it's really hard then as most people know you know once you've made a new habit it takes quite it can take quite a long time to then um change that to something that's maybe a bit more health promoting so there's probably some good changes that people made some people might have done the opposite and been able to go out for more walks in the day because they were working from home for example, or, you know, be able to spend more time cooking, nourishing meals from home rather than having to buy something on the go. So it's it's a real mixture, um, some good and some less health promoting choices, I'd, I'd say. It's yeah, it's interesting because we um, the Vegan Society conducted research in 2020, 2021 and again about a month ago, um, mm. asking people kind of had the pandemic, uh, you know, changed their shopping habits and I, the stats were in every year it kind of said that around one in four Brits had cut back on the amount of animal products they were 
consuming but it's interesting because we focus on food but actually what you've just said makes so much sense you know we were knocked out of our routine a lot of people would have that they might not even think it was exercise but the commute walking from the house to the bus stop bus stop Mm -hmm. to work and that and that was like taken away and and then the mental health side of things because sometimes when you do feel um well when you feel a bit rubbish you just want to eat rubbish so it's interesting actually to look at I guess it's important then to look at actually everything that's that's changed since the pandemic and not maybe just focus on on the on the food side of things um Jane for those who don't know I had the pleasure of working with you last year on our vegan and thriving uh challenge mm, yeah. um before we get into that I just want to kind of can you explain your fitness journey so have you always been into to exercise or is this something that came later in well, life oh definitely not definitely not <laughs> I, I I was brought in a family up in a family where exercise was considered a a sort of rather strange thing to do. Nobody in my family took exercise. There wasn't much interest in even in sport on the television or anything like that. In my 20s, I did a bit of sort of, I went to a gym, quite enjoyed it, but then I had children and that sort of all disappeared. And then in my 40s, I met my partner, John, who was a keen triathlete. So he taught me to ride a bike So I started riding a bike and then I did some quite epic journeys. I rode my bike across the US, which was 4,200 miles. I rode from um, St. Petersburg to Istanbul and things like that. So I did that for quite a bit. And then a friend of mine said to me, you should go to the gym. You'd really enjoy it. And I went, oh, I don't know about that. And she kept on at me. So eventually I went and I just loved it. And I must have been about 60, 61, 62, something like that then. So then I started going to a, to the gym and I found I really enjoyed the weight training side of things. Wow. And, you know, what were the first couple of like trips to the gym like? Because when I think of the gym, I think of kind of men in their 20s yes kind of vests and man buns and things like that (laughs) yeah yeah well well, the the gym I went to then which was when I was living in Penzance was the local local authority gym Mm -hmm. so it was actually quite inclusive rather than being sort of male testosterone type gym you know so so I didn't feel sort of intimidated and I do understand that loads of people feel really intimidated by going in a gym and then six years ago I moved to Exeter um, and I go to an independent gym here, uh, the U7 gym, and that's that's very inclusive. I mean, they've got everybody from bodybuilders to quite elderly, disabled people who go to the gym, and it's got a real community sense. And I Aww. think that's what I would say to people: if you want, if you're exploring the idea of a gym, find an independent or a local authority gym to start off with, not one of the big chains. Because yeah. I think they're more welcoming and more friendly. Yeah, definitely. I think, and I think it's you know, if you if it's something you want to stick out long term, it has to be something that you feel you feel a space you feel comfortable yeah. in. So I, I, this might seem like a silly question, but I assume you feel kind of fitter and stronger now than you ever did, like as a teenager or. or young oh woman. yes, yeah. I mean, I can. I was the only person in my class. As a t- as, as back, I must have been about 12, 13, who couldn't touch her toes and couldn't stand on one leg. I was so unfit. Um, but now, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I say I'm, you know, fitter and stronger, um, healthier and happier than I've, than I've ever been. Oh, that's so nice. You need to have a school reunion and show them all what you can. Well, I, I, I went to a school re- reunion a week ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
for people who are 75 this year. And yeah, I mean, every time we, we meet up every five years and I've, I've been to three or four of them now and people always go, you look so good. <laughs> They're like, touch your toes again, Jane. Yeah. Um, I just say, you know, vegan diet and exercise. <laughs> you're a perfect advocate can you just explain it a little bit about the vegan and thriving challenge because you were just my favorite person that took part oh, so. oh that's really sweet of you okay so the vegan society was 77 years old last year it must be yeah. isn't it yeah last year so they set out do do something that involves the number 77 so I d- decided to deadlift 77 kilos just once <laughs> not repeatedly <laughs> I, I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to work with a trainer. And when I told when I told him that this is what I was intending to do, he, he his face was instantly, oh my God. And then he <laughs> then he sort of rearranged his face and said, Oh, well, that will that will mean quite a bit of work. <laughs> and and he said afterwards he didn't think I'd achieve it because we had a very short time scale to do it in. And at that time, I was deadlifting, I think, around 60 kilos. So, um, but we made it, yeah. You did. And one I think week, you were, one week yeah, early. <laughs> I was just about to say, you made it and it was ahead of schedule because I remember yeah. getting your email and I was like, she's done it. Yeah. Um, Harpreet, do you get to meet many people quite as impressive as Jane? <laughs> <laughs> that is very impressive, Jane. Um, that is, yeah, brilliant. Thank um, you. I... Uh, it's interesting I'm the demographic I tend to see within the the kind of private practice I don't actually see many people um uh, in the kind of old what you'd classify as old age bracket older age bracket sorry but it yeah it, it really goes to show that actually if you are able to optimize your nutrition and get in regular physical activity um, especially with the help of somebody like a trainer like Jane said it's really really helpful because, and having that sense of community as well in, in the gyms or wherever you go to exercise I think is really important uh, something I've experienced as well my, myself personally and that really helps kind of you stick with your goals and, and persevere and also motivate you so yeah no that's brilliant Jane um but no not not quite as impressive as Jane <laughs> uh, well um, I guess you mainly see sick people Harpreet don't yeah, you so it's a mixture so so my NHS work day-to-day is um in, in a hospital mm. um so that obviously is like a variety of of people in terms of the age as well so we'll see um a lot of elderly people um but obviously they hardly any of them are really following a vegetarian or vegan diet because they're from all walks of life mm. um and then my other work which i do kind of outside of the nhs is i would say probably within the like kind of 25 to 45 ish bracket in terms of age mm. um typically so yeah that's that's kind of what, what i've experienced so far it'll be interesting as those like as those younger groups as we all get older and mm. I think we will just have naturally we'll have a lot more vegans like older vegans hopefully anyway I mean as much as I'd love to put it all down to the vegan diet there's obviously other I assume there's other factors that kind of tend to mean people live longer have like healthier lives so sunshine and mm. you know less stress and, and things like that what are there like key ones or is it kind of depending on individuals um, yeah, so so typically kind of the main ones that have come up a, a lot in the science and even I guess many people probably know just from their own experiences are things like sleep, for example. So getting enough or adequate sleep, sleep is obviously individual to you, but it's a whole kind of science in itself in terms of the benefits we know it can have. Stress, like you mentioned, and, and then the opposite of that is, you know, having things 
you can do to relax and you know that will work for you are also helpful movement exercise we've already spoken about social connection as well mentioned a bit earlier about mm. social interactions having a sense of support you know really can can help in terms of your mental health as well and then obviously things like uh smoking or alcohol um you know keeping to within the alcohol recommended limits all these things are can affect our physical and mental health and that's why health I think you mentioned earlier actually is more than just about our food that we eat Mm. Um, so it's sometimes can help to explain that to people when you know to get really stuck in terms of why I feel like I'm doing everything right and I still don't feel good um, is that sometimes we just need to take that pressure off to take a step back and actually look at all these other aspects of our lifestyles as well um, Mm. because they're all really important and actually, just to mention, I think when we spoke right at the beginning about the benefits of a vegan diet or plant-based diet, that like we're associated with things like um, reduced uh, risk of diabetes, high blood, high blood pressure, for example. Um, it's also because potentially um, from, from the studies that have been taken place, there are other factors that are associated with being vegan and vegetarian. So studies have shown that people who follow that those particular diets are, you know, do exercise uh, more than people who don't um who mm. are meat eaters for example have a lower level of alcohol intake and smoking if you're vegan or vegetarian you might have a higher level of education higher uh, sorry easy access to these foods kind of based on your socioeconomic status so mm. these are all kind of factors outside um, of the nutrition and the diet that can actually already be helping people lower their risk of developing these kind of chronic health conditions so it's important to to mention that as well yeah definitely because I think it's you know we it, it's not a one-stop shop to say you know everyone can go vegan because yeah. obviously there's a, so much to consider in terms of people's kind of finances and time and mm. and all those things as well uh, there, there was a study um published um in 2020 um I think it was the uh, Oxford University um and it kind of stated I remember it kind of went everywhere at the time it stated Mm -hmm. that vegans have a 43 percent higher risk of having fractures anywhere in the body and a higher risk of fractures in certain areas like the hip what was your kind of initial reaction to that study yeah so I did have um a refresher read of that study actually um I do remember when it came out it was across a lot of the headlines Mm. and they essentially it's it's an interesting study there's lots to say but I'll try not to talk too much (laughs) um so it's essentially looking at a whole group of men and women across the UK between kind of the 19 early 1990s to 2001 um and they essentially just gave the people a questionnaire at the beginning when they were collecting this data so back in 1993 um, and then again in follow-up about 2010 um, and then about 2016 they look at what we call the outcome so looking at things like hospital records and death certificates and trying to see <coughs> any associations really with these people who are either vegan um, vegetarian ate fish or ate meat and any of their health outcomes. Um, So for example, in this study, they were focusing just specifically on um, bone fractures. So um, although the vegans did have um, high risk of developing fractures, they did also find hip fractures, for example, were observed in people who also ate fish and also vegetarians. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot to kind of decipher. And with this type of study, which is what we call like observational study, you can't ever say that there's a cause and effect between the two things because 
there are so many other variables that could have been, you know, playing a part in why vegans develop these fractures other than just their diet. But they did find, looking further into the, the kind of numbers, that so within the vegan group, those people who had a lower BMI, um, so your body mass index and lower intakes of calcium and protein had higher risks of fractures um, compared to, say, for example, the meat eaters. So again, other factors, so things like, you know, vitamin D, your B vitamins, uh, physical activity, if you, even if you had a family history of um, poor bone health or something like osteoporosis, all these things weren't taken into account. But I think overall, it's a useful study because it does show that it's, you know, bone health in vegans is an area that needs to be focused on um, and needs a bit more research and Mm. it is important for people to think about different nutrients associated with bone health when you know you're planning your your vegan diet so yeah those are probably the main things that I would take away from that study yeah it's interesting because I find when studies like this come out particularly that have kind of vegan vegans in the in the headlines it is quite quick to just take the the headline and Mm. you know Mm. and run with it um and I know that because I read kind of responses to it and, and 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 things like that. And actually, the good news is that all the experts who 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 were kind of interviewed about it like post study said that you know it, it is possible to be vegan and still have have healthy bones. And and again mentioned exactly what you said it, about the protein and and the calcium. And if anything, hopefully that just flags to people mm. more about looking into where we get protein and calcium as a vegan. Yeah, definitely. 100% agree. Um, and it's not a bad thing. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it then the, it, what I'm also saying, what I also meant by when they don't show cause and effect is actually we can't say 100%, we can't be 100% certain that, you know, just because they were vegan is why they picked up the brain fracture. So it has its pros and cons. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, other nutrients are also important. So things like, um, like I mentioned, getting enough vitamin D, uh, B vitamins, uh, particularly things like uh, vitamin B12, also things like your zinc, uh, iodine, and all the different sorts of vitamins and minerals. So essentially, if you're having a, a kind of varied, balanced um, uh, diet where you're getting food from your main food group, so your carbohydrates, proteins, fruit and veg, etc., um, you should be fairly covered. But what I would say is if somebody um, had... Is, has a family history of something like osteoporosis it would always be good to um, either flag it to your GP or see a dietitian and just get some extra support to make sure that you are getting all the nutrition that you need to try and reduce your risk of also of also developing any kind of poor bone health mm, yeah that's really important Jane if someone was to message you on Instagram and say you know I'm I'm, I'm thinking about going vegan but I don't know what, what what kind of where to start what would your advice be I guess you know, most people, you don't want to do it just instantly, although you do occasionally get people like that. What I usually say to people is start to focus more on having your vegetables and stuff like that as the centre of your food. I mean, there's two things. There's one about going vegan and there's one about eating healthily, which means mm-hmm. going plant-based. So, you know, I mean, you can be vegan and eat, um, you know, McDonald's and stuff like that now, all those <laughs> yeah. all those highly processed stuff that's now available. So, um, I, you know, what I usually, usually say to people is in, rather than thinking about the things you can't have, think about the things you like, increase things like the amount of fruit, amount of vegetables you're having. When you think about a meal, 
think about the vegetables very early on, if not the first thing. What is the veg I'm going to have? And half your plate should most of the time be filled with vegetables. And that's what I sort of generally start people with. Find some some recipes, as I said earlier. You know, find a replacement recipe for something that you normally cook a meat version of. So like I was saying earlier, like the uh, spaghetti bolognese, mm. you know, find out how to make a, a, a vegan version of that and be kind to yourself and accept that, you know, you, you're going to make mistakes and, and all the rest of it. But the benefits, particularly for people whose diet isn't isn't very good, people mm. like you, you were, Francine, <laughs> you know, I mean, the benefits they experience are just huge. Yeah, I, I think it's funny that you mentioned as well, you know, we get asked quite a lot to comment on, um, you know, veganism being hailed as, as as healthy, but then they also will be like, well, what about the fact, you know, you can get Burger King and you can get this now and you can get that. But, and we always say, but no one's going to feel good if they just live off yeah. junk food. And that's whether they're a meat eater, pescatarian, vegetarian or vegan, you know, it's about more the whole, a whole food yeah. plant-based, yeah. plant-based diet. Would your advice change depending on whether you were speaking to someone who's kind of like 16, 36, 76, or is it just... It, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, generally I advise people the same regardless of what age yeah. they are. I mean, it's often older people who who ask me. Occasionally, I get asked the sort of technical question, and then I just say, "Look, I'm not a dietitian, yeah. or I'm not a doctor. You know, I'm that isn't my background or training. So, you know, I really can't advise you on that." Send them to Harpreet. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I try to give people a couple, maybe a couple of websites where they can find nice recipes or people they can follow who who post lovely food and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's good advice. I just wanted to actually ask, Harpreet, should we talk, is there a kind of supplementation when it comes to older vegans like should they be taking anything additional or is it again you know depending on the individual and also does age actually really matter when it comes to supplementation as a vegan yeah so um supplementation kind of in terms of the amount of each individual nutrient you need generally kind of changes mainly if you're obviously children it would be slightly different to adults and only some some things are slightly different in older adults but I would say people can, you know, if they're if they're not if they're not sure if they're getting enough nutrition or in, ter- in terms of the vitamins and minerals, you can always trial. But obviously, I would suggest, you know, if you're taking any other medications, then definitely ask your GP or pharmacist first. But just a standard kind of multivitamin, if you think that maybe you might be falling short in certain foods um, or nutrients, which only goes up to say 100% of what you need so if you look on the back of the packet it will say something like your RDA your recommended daily allowance and it'll have it say in percentages I don't know vitamin C is 90% or something in that one tablet so as long as everything all the vitamins and minerals are 100% or, or slightly less that's fine but if anything's kind of super high in terms some vitamin c's for example go up to like 1000 percent or even more that's unnecessary and also some of them can be dangerous as well so um as a first line thing um i would just look at in terms of what you're eating and drinking if there's any shortfall you think you might be having if you can talk to your gp or again a dietitian um or you can just trial um, a multivitamin that's a kind of standard one it doesn't need to be a special brand either uh, usually kind of own brand supermarket ones are available although you do get vegan specific ones as well 
And with the protein, we do know that older adults generally should be aiming for higher protein intakes um, just because of the bone health and the, and the muscle mass maintenance as well. So usually something between about a gram to up to one and a half grams per kilogram of your body weight per mm-hmm. day, depending on obviously how much you exercise or if you've got any other health conditions as well. Um, so that's what I would say, yeah, more specifically for older adults. And vegan protein, where can, what's, you know, some basic places to look for vegan protein? Yeah, so um, vegan protein, I think um, most people are aware of kind of the main protein sources that you can get um, from our food. So things like soya products, so tofu, tempeh, um, even soy milk, soy yogurt. Um, But then you've also got things like seitan, which are gluten based or corn like the microprotein uh, the vegan version is like a fungus based one and then you've got your typical kind of typical beans pulses lentils nuts seeds also other ones people forget are things like whole grains cereal oats they they they're actually although they're carbohydrate rich foods they also do contain protein so for example something like two slices of bread could contain up to 10 grams of protein even more if it's like a seeded one or it's got nuts Mm. on it so um yeah people don't i would say for people not to worry too much about protein um like don't become obsessed with it because actually (laughs) most most of your foods but you know it's your carbohydrate foods or your protein your you know protein portion of your meal generally if you're having protein in each of your meals throughout the day then most people are doing okay but then you can always think about having um slightly bigger portions of the protein in your meal or even having the most snacks within the day so things like hummus tahini that type of thing um on toast or with crackers whatever it is so um nuts and seeds as a trail mix yeah there's all sorts of options out there yeah, endless. <laughs> mm. Something that's that's come up in recent months, I don't know if either, either of you have seen this, so V for Life or Vegetarian for Life is this really brilliant charity and it's, it was set up to help vegetarians and vegans later in life and they launched a new campaign called Memory Care Pledge and it's essentially to ensure that vegans with dementia don't end up accepting kind of meat or dairy meals once they get a carer or move into a care home and it's something mm. I just never would have considered and and dementia is something that runs in my family in particular and I just think it's it's to me that is just so fascinating and I think it is something that I would worry about if that was my you know family member what, what do you what do you think about the fact what do you think about that basically um Harpreet if we start with you that's actually really interesting it's not really something that I've ever come across before to be honest mm. um, and it just made me think like you know for example some of my patients have dementia that I see and you, you know, if a lot of them come with kind of documentation to say, you know, this is what I like to eat, this is what I like to drink. So that just helps us in terms of offering them the foods that they have. But any kind of dietary requirements should also be put on there. And it's not, it's not something that actually I see quite often, to be honest. Um, you know, when you, I've not really seen a patient who's got dementia and wouldn't, you know, have have written there follows a vegan diet or something that's quite strict. And that might be because, like you're saying, you know, depending on where where you are looked after, whether it's a care home or you have carers, sometimes, you know, vegan options aren't always that accessible when it comes to kind of catering on that level. So, yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I definitely kind of advocate for that if that's, if that's you know, clear that that's what the patient uh, wants or, you know, wanted at one point to to try and try and help them stick to their 
their dietary uh, needs, I guess. Yeah. Jane, do you have any thoughts on, on that? Yeah, I mean, occasionally I sort of glance at, um, you know, sort of brochures or advertisements about, you know, for care homes and things. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and they often sort of say, you know, that the, the, the more expensive ones will say, you know, wonderful food and stuff. And I just think, well, knowing what sort of food most of the people of my age that I know, you know, of, of around my age that I know, you know, I, I do worry a bit about what sort of diet I would be fed. I can mm-hmm. imagine it, you know, I mean, it would be, I think, overcooked vegetables. They would want, you know, to use cream and all this sort of stuff. So even without having dementia, I think my both my sons would be great advocates for me if I had dementia, um, that I would still want to be vegan. Um, but I'm going to talk to them about that now. Um, <laughs> um, but I do, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm really fit, healthy and well, uh, but you never know what's ahead of you. And it, I, I do think I would struggle to eat the sort of diet that I enjoy in most care homes, even ones that you know, trumpet about the wonderful food and the fact that they have, you know, trained chefs preparing your your meals and things. Mm. Mm, Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to add that. I don't see why there should be, you know, a problem in terms of providing that food Um, in the same way that, for example, you know, if you come from a religious, a certain religion and you follow a certain religious dietary restrictions or uh, requirements, they're usually well catered for. So, Something like vegan options, um, although there aren't many, there are usually some available, say, for example, on the hospital menu. So, yeah, I think it's definitely possible. And it's not really something that people should have to worry about if it's, you know, once you get to if you ever get to that stage where you you can't always advocate for yourself. Yeah, 100 yeah, percent. I think the the I guess the reason perhaps why they've they've set it up is that there are times where veganism isn't taken as seriously mm. as a as a belief and maybe maybe that's why but I think what Jane like James just said is it, if anything it just it should encourage people to have that conversation so that their family members or guardians whoever it is are aware of like what your needs and requirements would be should um should that happen but yeah I saw I saw that um campaign and just thought it was um a really nice one and um, we always end the podcast with some um comments from Twitter and Facebook and and Instagram. So we asked the question, you know, do vegans live longer than non-vegans? M on Facebook, I love this comment. She said, I'm over 80, vegan, never had a cold, had flu once in 1957. I'm a non-smoker, non-drinker. I don't need glasses. I've got good teeth, no arthritis, good genes or good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was quite a good one. Dave on Facebook said, it would actually help if GPs or pharmacies could offer joined up and personalised advice while acknowledging the health benefits of veganism. Um, And Ashley on Twitter said, I 100% agree that vegans live longer than non-vegans. Follow up with me in 100 years. A little (laughs) smiley face, (laughs) which I thought was really nice. Harpreet Sohao is a registered dietitian specialising in plant-based nutrition at City Dietitians in London. You can find her on Instagram at veggie.nut. And Jane Thurnell-Reed, weight loss and healthy ageing writer and weightlifter. She's also on Instagram at Thriving Jane. I just want to say a massive, massive, massive thank you to you both for joining me. Um, it's been a really interesting conversation. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your thoughts. Thank to you join the us. conversation or share any thoughts and feelings about what was discussed today, make sure to follow us on Twitter at The Vegan Society, 
Instagram at the Original Vegan Society and on Facebook. You can also email us at podcast at vegansociety.com. We'll be back with another episode of The Vegan Pod soon. But remember, if you've liked what you've heard so far, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And again, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you.